Tracy. Hi, Katie. Podcast number 10. Podcast number 10, summer edition. Summer edition. Can you believe we started this? It's not quite a year, but almost a year ago. And we have done such an incredible job, I think, in terms of like highlighting women from across the country, talking about their personal you know, moments, their achievements, we're just coming off of their struggles. Yeah, their struggles. Um, I feel like women are getting like, more vocal also like on like on the Facebook on the social platforms. You've got people who are really talking about how proud they are that they've had their personal highs or also talking about their personal lows. And I've personally learned a ton in the last last nine, 10 months. I know. And like Tracy and I were talking about what we could put on the summer month podcast. And we were talking about how could we do like a recap of the whole season, but there was just so much that's happened that, and so many successful moments. It's like, how can we even put that into one show and condense all of those moments without it just being not doing it justice. So not doing it justice and perhaps like the fear of maybe leaving people out when they deserve it. And we were yeah. really authentic, um, I think, in that conversation while we're trying to prep for this month and next, oh, we've already prepped for next month. Oh, we're ready. We're yeah, ready. we're ready. So <laughs> boys, just so I know, we're ready already for next month. Yeah. But um, certainly, certainly proud of what we watched, um, you know, particularly the back half of this year and just even the achievements around, you know, the pro tour and the pro league and just in, incredible. The WCBT the events with the numbers classics. that were like, coming we, out. Yeah, we could just go on and on. So anyways, if yeah. you're out there and listening, we're super, super proud of everybody. Everybody, you know, continue to like strive for for next season. And um, Katie and I have already planned August and we'll look at doing a sort of early prep to uh, next season getting ready for it. Mm -hmm. But as we wrap up last season, there's been some really exciting things that have kind of wrapped up in the last few weeks here. Um, One of them being Masters Nationals, which I know everybody has kind of been talking about. We are going to talk about it a little bit today, but not necessarily in the same way that some of the other podcasts in the last couple weeks have mentioned it. Um, And also there was a really cool bowling school. There's been two bowling schools that have wrapped up actually in the last couple weeks, one over in BC and then another one over on the other side of the country in Newfoundland that featured our little resident guest coach that we have all the time. So um, are we ready to just bring them in? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Hello, ladies. Hello. Hi. How's it going? Good. You guys? Good. So it looks we, like it's going pretty good for days with that backdrop. Yeah, camping. Jealous. It's a green we had to we had to fake our backgrounds. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have the That's same fine. kind of background, but you do look like you're in a beautiful spot. Tell us about where you are right now, Des. Yeah, so we're a couple hours northwest of Calgary. This is one of our favorite areas to come to. So thankful for Starlink that I can be here and able to do this with you guys. Looks stunning. Amazing. So we have Melissa Manor from Newfoundland and obviously coach Des joining us today. Um, Melissa has just come off of a very successful competitive season um, completed right now with Masters Nationals that was hosted in her home zone of Newfoundland where she got an award of excellence there. Um, so some of the little stats about Melissa's, uh, master's journey, she's been involved in master's since 2014 with 15 appearances at master's nationals, 14 as a bowler and one as a coach, which team did you coach Melissa? I coached in 2005 in Red Deer and Tracy, I will spare you from telling stories on that one. Thank you. (laughs) So of those 15 appearances at nationals, a gold medal in 2017, which was the first time the Newfoundland ladies have ever won gold. I remember seeing all of the posts about that. It was like pandemonium. Everybody was going nuts. Uh, Silver in 2018 and a bronze in 2023, a very well-deserved bronze that they threw locked it in against my team in the last game. So congratulations on that. Thanks, Rand. <laughs> Melissa, I will say 2005, just to get off 
topic is that you did hand me a, an award in 2005, and we don't need to talk about that either, but thank, thank you for that moment. No sweat. <laughs> and then you're also involved in a whole bunch of other things in Newfoundland. Tracy, do you want to highlight some of those? Yeah, uh, former uh, vice president of the Masters Association in Newfoundland, and I believe you um, represented that role for approximately four years. And then uh, my dogs, I'm so sorry, always want to either wrestle or play during this podcast. <laughs> so I don't know if you can hear that. Um, and also co-chair of the 2012 um, Nationals um, hosted in Newfoundland. Um, you're the president and co-founder of the Newfoundland uh, Bowling Tour, the MBT, which has really become um, fast and furious and famous um, across Canada. A lot of work behind that. Um, you host two full weekends events per year around the MBT um, Body Quest Classic and the Body Quest Challenge. And these events are actually open to YBC seniors and older with various teams, um, singles, scratch, and POA, which I think is tremendous. You host the Youth uh, Classic in March, open to YBC juniors and seniors. This is going to really lead us into the segue of, of the MBT um, Academy. And you collaborate with the family of late Bob Osborne to run a fun team event to celebrate um, his legacy in the game raise money for Cancer um, Care Foundation, and so far in the last two years since he's been gone, you guys have actually raised well over $12,000. So a, a lot going on just in those uh, quick bullet points. You're a fan of bowling, super passionate about bowling. You're an advocate for the next generation of bowling, but you're also um, honoring the advocacy behind people who have mentored you um, throughout your bowling career since you started at the age of five. So um, there's a lot to be said there. Segue into the MBT Academy because we'll, we'll hold all questions to the end, um, but maybe I'll let Katie take the lead on, on the segue in the MBT Academy and the bowling school. Yeah, so my understanding, MBT Academy is kind of like the like teaching side of your bowling tour the Newfoundland bowling tour um but you have a branch for like kind of those educational things so during COVID there was a series of Zoom sessions that you had guest speakers that spoke about nutrition and fitness and mental game and then you guys just had a bowling school that wrapped up my youth was on the Friday and Saturday this last week and the adults played on the Sunday right amazing how did that go oh boy uh, okay, I mean, actually, I mean, sorry, oh, I was going to say, let's hold that for two seconds. Let's just quickly talk a little bit about your master's award of excellence, because that's a huge accomplishment to receive something like that. So um, do you want to just speak a little bit to like how, what that award means to you or how that what you kind of feel about the master's? Yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, uh, firstly, I was very humbled, very honored to receive it in and of itself. Uh, but to be recognized on the same night as two absolute legends of Newfoundland bowling, uh, Jenny Lee and Cal Penny, I mean, that just added to the honor for me. Like, they're just absolute legends in Newfoundland bowling. Grew up watching them, you know, bowl, coach, volunteer. Um, and then I guess my master's journey, I mean, some people may know this, some people may not. So the first year I bowled was 2004. Um, that year, I think in total, our team won 21 points in 21 games um, and that's not meant as a slight against that team but and over the years that followed there were many similar results um, you know we had a core group here who was committed to kind of feeling a team each year so that we have a full contingent so um, kind of where we ended up in the end of, of you know maybe having having better you know better numbers more more bowlers come out if a lot of those women hadn't stuck around during those hard years, you know, we'd never be in that position. Um, so, you know, to kind of have in the past few years here, a few medals uh, won by the Newfoundland tournament women uh, and kind of, I guess, all of it just to come full circle, having uh, volunteered alongside Annetta Power, who basically needs no introduction when it comes to the Masters. I mean, just kind of all of that to come together to, to get recognized. Uh, I mean, just... It, it'll go down definitely as one of the biggest uh, biggest highlights in my bowling career, that's for sure. That's Melissa, amazing. 
this is like decades in the making without really any real intention by yourself. And what I mean by that, I mean it in a positive way. Everything that you were doing along the way was improvement of yourself, improvement of your own game, improvement of Newfoundland bowling, um, your passion for bowling across the country, your friendships across the country. It's not an easy award to get, this award of excellence. Um, and I'm sure you're very, very proud but it just actually goes back to all of these little moments across your journey um, where you've actually made a huge difference. Well, thanks for that. But I, I'm really glad actually you mentioned that because again, everything is sort of with intention and everything ties together. And it's, it's maybe sort of, you know, where the MBT comes from or where the MBT Academy comes from or where the bowling school comes from. And certainly, you know, I have to acknowledge anything to do with it. MBT, Shane Chafe is 100% my partner in crime on it. And, you know, he and I have kind of been working a lot of things these past few years, but you're right. And like, it was kind of a speech I gave to the kids during one of our Q and A's this weekend. And I mean, Tracy, you were there for a lot of those masters years and you can attest to it. Um, meant as no disrespect. Cause I mean, I was one of the bowlers on the teams too, but those were hard tournaments to bowl. You know, there was a year, literally out of 21 games that we won one like i don't care what your intention is when you go as as a competitor uh, that's very difficult to do but for me personally um i always took those moments and i mean i've had these conversations with you guys i took those moments to be like okay clearly you know it's day two we're all in 10 this is not really going wherever but i'm gonna talk to a sandy anderson in the pit i'm gonna talk to jennifer marshall in the pit um okay, I'm getting the ball anchor this game against whoever, you know what I mean? And I said to the kids this weekend, especially like bowling more or taking on these challenges, it might not instantly make you better, but it will never make you worse. And all of those years, there was, whether it was experiences that I had that helped my bowling, whether there was getting a view of the behind the scenes volunteering that went into it, uh, whether it was forming the friendships and relationships, you know what I mean? that all came from that so yes the gold medal and the other medals and all that is a really is a really great story at the end but even if i had never got that i feel i would have gotten so much more from the masters than i ever gave to it you know what i mean mm -hmm. yeah no that makes sense um <clears throat> one thing that like just really stands out for me is that you you're always looking for ways to like build the sport in newfoundland like um and you can see that, like like you said, the program at one point in time was going to nationals, taking maybe no points or very few points. And then now in the last, you know, five, ten years, you have medals coming out of national tournaments. Um, and that just kind of goes as a testament to show the work that you and like the people around you, the volunteers are putting in to the program, starting with the youth, bringing it all the way up, which kind of segues us a little bit even into... Newfoundland Bowling School. Where did the idea to have a bowling school come from? Uh, well, I guess uh, it's kind of another interesting kind of getting back to what Tracy said, right? It's it's the relationships. Um, so in addition to my one stint as a coach at Masters Nationals, I had one stint as a coach at the Open Nationals. And that particular year, uh, Des was coaching the Alberta women. We happened to get bronze that year, which I was very proud of because it's kind of cool to have a medal as a coach because I'm not, we're not often coaching. Uh, of course, Desiree won gold that year as a coach because, well, that's what Desiree does. Uh, but anyway, where it kind of came from was that seed was planted in 2019 in terms of just being in the pit. Uh, you know, as a fellow coach, you're kind of stood in the front, you're kind of stood next to each other and just listening to her coach and seeing the way that she interacted with the team. It was just different, right? Like there's lots of great coaches out there. There's lots of great coaches here all across the country. But to me, and you know, for anybody who knows me, I'm very, like I'm very, like I'm an intellect. I'm always like sizing up. I'm always thinking my eyes are always looking around. I'm always listening. And it was just, it was different. The style of coaching was different. Um, you know, folks on biomechanics, this kind of feedback, the technical adjustments, the, the mental commentary and I was very much into my team's game, but the fact that it was that sort of out there that it caught my attention, it kind of always stood with me. Didn't think a whole lot of it after, uh, but last year 
uh, at the start of the season, I kind of sat down and I was like, I want to work on my game. I want to kind of take my game up a notch because, as you guys know, the talent in Newfoundland is unbelievable and it's becoming super hard, you know, to make teams or be competitive in tournaments. And I was like, yeah, I'm not ready to kind of hang it up yet. So I sort of outlined a plan. Part of it was traveling more to cash tournaments and stuff. But one of the things I did have on my list was that I wanted to find a coach, find a mentor to work with. Uh, one of the criteria I set for myself was I just wanted to be someone outside the province. And that's no disrespect to anybody here. It was just I wanted a different perspective, right? I wanted different tools in my tool bag that I didn't have before. I wanted to maybe have different conversations, get those different perspectives. So back in January, I just kind of took a plunge randomly one night and sent Desiree a message. And I said, hey, uh, I'm, lo I'm looking to hire on a private coach. Any chance you're interested in and we kind of went from there and certainly we, we, you know, we worked on some stuff for me, which I won't really get into, but in those conversations, we got into, Hey, wait a minute. We have some of the same ideas, some of the same goals, some of the things we're looking to do. And in terms of deciding to ask Ezra to be a lead facilitator for bowling school, a lot of that came back to that whole thing of the different perspective, right? We had a fantastic team here from some great representation of Newfoundland uh, but it was just kind of the opportunity to maybe bring in a, a different perspective and a different voice. And maybe sometimes youth listen a bit better to someone new. It's like getting the new teacher at school. And we just said, hey, let's go with it. For sure. Desiree can explain how, how she received that question. <laughs> uh, yeah, kind of same thing. So I, I started this season, even for me, I did a little youth challenge prep here and it was formalized formal um, and it's something that I want to get more into kind of doing workshops and stuff like that so for me when Melissa asked it was a no-brainer like of course I absolutely wanted to be involved and as I've said many times like coaching is my passion so to have an opportunity to at this time and I'm just gonna throw this in there it was like 10 weeks ago we discussed this so in 10 weeks we threw together this bowling school lots of meetings lots of this and pulled it off but yeah in 10 weeks to kind of just decide that yeah we were going to go for this and and make or break was was really a cool opportunity that I just I had to be a part of for sure how was the attendance like did you guys uh what was the attendance like at the bowling school <clears throat> and did you kind of receive like I'm sure there's a vibe what was the vibe around the weekend uh, I mean, I'll speak to the numbers and maybe Des can speak to the vibe because she was sort of more embedded. I was running around in the background a lot doing things. But for numbers, we we set out that we wanted to cap at uh, 24 youth spaces and 24 adult spaces. That was partially, um, you know, based on looking at what centers you might use. But the bigger reason was kind of just keeping the ratios low in terms of instructors and uh, getting the kids the opportunity to interact closely with each other. So that was the caps we put on, honestly, because it was our first year. Uh, my goal was 10 to 12 adults, and we ended up with 12. And my goal was uh, 18 youth, and we ended up with 21. So for me personally and Shane, we exceeded our expectations for year one, but um, Desiree can probably speak a bit more to, to the vibe from the schools. Yeah, it was good. It's uh, I think it's always interesting when you get a group of like youth together that are in the same sport because you have lots of different – like maturity levels and experiences and all these things going on and when everyone comes together on the lane and you start working on drills or whatever it is and you start to see everyone kind of responding the same way it was really cool so everyone was super open um they tried everything that we asked of them and overall i think everyone had a really good time everyone learned something which for me that's all i can ask do you guys see yourself you know obviously you just you're raw off the weekend and i'm sure this is going to happen again you know in, in years moving forward. Um, any tweaks, learnings um, from the weekend that you would want to in, improve or maybe change out? Yeah, I mean, you know, anybody who saw on social media, we had some uh, very uh, serious planning meetings uh, yesterday, sitting on a rock in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, but all jokes aside, uh, we, you know, those were the discussions we were having. Um, I probably don't want to say too much right now because, like I said, it's raw and it's fresh and, you know, you throw it out there, you're going to do or not do something and then you don't, you know. But I, I just think, I, I think right now, I think we're at a place where, um, you know, if our if our personal lives and schedules permit, you know, there's always work and, and, and real life there too. But if, if it works out that we're in a position to do it, I do think uh, we will do it, which a week ago I couldn't have, you know, I couldn't have told you that. 
Uh, I was really curious as to how it would be received in the feedback. And I think it kind of exceeded my expectations even. Um, you know, you're, you're looking at the classroom sessions, um, you know, for some, those are probably a bit more well-received. You're looking at what different topics can we do? Because uh, one of the things I struggled with a bit was that, you know, how do you give a different and unique experience every year? And then I kind of sat back and I thought about it. And I was like, well, a lot of people go to hockey camp in the summer. I'm pretty sure hockey camp looks similar most years, right? It's your shooting drills, your passing drills. So in the same vein for us, we're doing our, you know, our end pin drills, picking up our pins, our head pins. So we've been talking about different, different formats or, or different topics, but I think it would look uh, largely similar. Uh, and I see it more as an opportunity for people to kind of keep coming back and, uh, and honing, you know what I mean? Honing their own skills and making, for sure. making refinements. Yeah. So I loved what you said earlier about like doing all of those things that put you out of your comfort zone, playing anchor or playing against different people is never going to hurt your game. It's only going to help your game, right? It's, or it might not make you better right now, but it's not going to make you worse. Um, Was there any other like key takeaways that you were kind of trying to push on the kids or like not push on them, but like instill in them while they were with you for a couple days? Maybe Des, I don't know if you have... Yeah, um, I think it's the same thing that I work on at home, to be quite honest. So we worked on a lot of spare drills. I talked a lot about end pins, not corner pins back this time, end pins um, and sparing and the importance of that. And yes, obviously, like we want to be hitting the middle and we want our strike percentages and our middle hit percentage to be there. But anyone who knows me and has worked with me, I am huge on the spare aspect of the game and really making sure that that is a strong piece that everyone has so that if you get in a stressful situation you have those tools in order to uh, be successful Um, and so for me that's what it the the majority of it was it was also a cool opportunity to get out there and I recognized some of the youth that were there there was lots of new faces for me that were younger that I haven't seen at Youth Challenge or YBC before Um, but yeah just getting to know the bowlers out there and see their styles and hear kind of some of their stories what they work on what they look at what they focus on as a coach instead of as a coach on an opposing team like when we go to YC Nationals or something like that so yeah for sure one thing that was kind of cool for me and I'm going to partially embarrass myself but hey it's all about (laughs) growing the sport right so I was doing a little bit of a scorekeeping you know a lot of the the kids now there's a lot of electronic scoring right so some are not as familiar with scoring and we got to talk about it and I was trying to explain you know you you want to you know you want your spares you want your mark going home and how quickly it can change and Anyway, um, we, we got to talking about experiences of like winning, winning close games, losing, and it just sort of morphed from there. And one of the kids, I mean, this was, I mean, the kids were awesome. Uh, probably he was 12 or 13. And he said, can you highlight to a sort of like one really difficult moment in your career, right? And what you took from it. And one of, one of mine is very, very fresh. And we have been talking about scorekeeping and averaging and who can beat who. And and I knew the answer to this question before I asked it. And I said, how many people in this room have an average that is over 155? Every hand in the room went up and they're looking at each other going, where is this going? And I said, what do you guys think my average is? And some kids said 275. And I was like, I like you. But I said, around 240. And I said, what's a bad game for me then? And they're like, oh, like 210 that. And I said, well, I'll tell you, I said, just now at the Open Nationals, I said, my team went into a playoff match with the chance to, at the very least, win a medal, if not a gold medal. And I said, in that game, I said, I bowled 155, which is lower than every single one of your averages. And I said, you know, me personally, I'm sure my, my, t- my team would try to pick me up. But, you know, you walk away maybe feeling a little bit like, you know, you let your team down and this and that. But I wanted them to understand this mentality of looking at the scoreboard and thinking of someone with this big average, like I can't beat whoever. Anybody can beat anybody in in a game in particular. And if you mm-hmm. keep working at it, but I also told them, and I won't I won't get into all of it, but you know, had some conversations after that about you know why you know why did it happen? How did I feel? What would I do different next time? And I could I felt a little in masters that I already kind of put some of those lessons you know to work type thing. So it's just really cool when you can start tying things together and like Des said with the spare drills like all of a sudden we get them to bowl a regular game and the kid would you know nudge nudge another one and go you just missed your spare and you got a strike 
you just cost yourself 17 pins. And that was so cool to see, right? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's so interesting. Like, I don't know. It's, it's humbling. This game is humbling when you can go from, like you said, being a 240 average player, throwing 155 in a big moment that you might have needed it, right? I felt the same way at Masters, you know, day one threw really well, average like 270, day two, average like 204. And it was just like, if you had asked me, you know, how did those days feel different? They didn't feel that different that it should be 70 points. But like you said, anybody can have those good days or bad days, no matter what their average is. And anybody can be beat. Doesn't really matter who you are on the lane. And that's a good thing to remember. For sure. Yeah. So what is next for Melissa W or like uh, MBT tour? Do you guys have big things or for yourself on the lane? What kind of things are you looking forward to for next season? Um, my first thing personally is trying to implement all the changes that uh, my dear friend coach Des uh, has suggested. And I will tell everybody at home, it's a long list. So <laughs> different on the lanes come September might not might look half different. We'll see. Um, but I guess for MBT, first up is, uh, we'll be over the next, within the next week, we're going to be announcing our next event, which is in September. We'll announce the dates, location, and the different formats we're having. Um, then getting into the new year, we'll plan to have our youth classic around March timeframe. Our other big event of the year is kind of April, May timeframe and somewhere in there, hopefully we'll, uh, we'll do our best to support, uh, you know, Bobby O type events. Uh, we may look at doing uh, pop-up events. Sometimes we kind of just do a, a Friday night or a Saturday thing. And certainly sounds like more discussions about uh, Bowling School 2024. Amazing. And Des, I know this was like the first of hopefully many like contracted out, move into somewhere to go do some coaching. What's next for Coach Des? Yeah, so this is uh, something like this. This school was great. It was the first uh, official opportunity that I had to do something like this. But I am hoping come this uh, bowling season that I will have a couple more seminars, kind of one day camp type things for youth and adults that I'm going to do. And I have another little project that I'm working on, but I'm not quite ready to talk about that one yet. So we'll table it for another time. But yeah, there's some new things coming from me. Amazing. Looking forward to it. All right. Well, Thank you, ladies, both for um, like all your contributions to the game. I know both of you see the youth as the future of our sport. You both put the time and effort in. You don't just talk about it. You're actually like doing things and putting action into place um, to further the game and to help generate the next players and also working on still yourselves because you're both still very competitive in what you do as well in the game. But um, thank you guys both. And thank, yeah, thank you. you. Thank, thank you both. Thank you all. Because I mean, the, the podcast, I mean, we joke a bit about it, but like this podcast was, a, a, and, and the guys podcast were topics of conversation. Right. And as much as we joke about, you know, bowling now has celebrities. I, I, I don't think you guys should underestimate the impact that the podcast is having on our sport because, you know, we, we didn't have a lot of this obviously when, when, many of us were younger and I just think it's putting faces with names and sort of bridging some of those gaps that people aren't strangers when you maybe see them at a tournament and that kind of thing. So uh, kudos to you guys for all the work you're doing. And I know you both do a lot of, well, you all, sorry, do a lot of volunteer in the background when you're not, uh, not on the podcast. So thanks to all of you guys as well. Yeah. Thank you guys. Fun. It's a great platform. So. We will see you next month, I guess. <laughs> see you guys. Good, Thanks. Okay, bye. bye, guys. Bye. bye, guys. Wow, that'll be fun to see what kind of changes they make for next year and yeah. moving forward. Yeah, amazing. So uh, Melissa and Des are both obviously very big supporters of the game, but our next guests had a chance that they were at Masters Nationals. Um, and they were huge supporters of one of the teams that was there. Um, so we're going to bring in the Southern Ontario. I think they referred to themselves as like the Southern Ontario men's team bitches or something. But um, we're going to bring them in and kind of get a little lowdown on how Masters Nationals was for them. Hello, ladies. Hello, how are you? 
Good, you broke out the shirts. We did. They're a little bit deformed, but we're here, all of us. <laughs> I anticipated the shirts. I honestly did. I did too, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, Katie and I were brainstorming last week. We were going through, like, we do this preliminary thing where we throw out all these ideas. And we struck a chord when we came up with the idea to have you ladies on and uh, feel super, super excited and happy that you guys decided to join us today. So, well, thank you for asking us. Uh, yeah, I mean, thank you for having us. Nobody actually ever sees behind the scenes when you look at bowling, especially nowadays when it's on live stream. But here we are. I mean, a lot of us, this is the first time any of us have been to nationals. So it's, uh, yeah. it's a great experience. Well, and that's kind of what we wanted to highlight a little bit is just like that behind the scenes, you know, we always talk about the ones who are on the lanes, but that's not always the hardest job either. I know I've been that person supporting in the background and you throw every single ball with every single person on that team. Um, so we wanted to kind of bring a little bit of light to those people behind the scenes that are getting the water or going, grabbing snacks or just being that voice of calm when the team needs it. Um, but we're going to start with having you guys just kind of introduce yourself. So maybe we'll go around. I'll kind of call on people and just let us know, like, who are you attached to that you brought you to nationals? <laughs> are you a bowler yourself? Um, have you been to a national event like that before? Monica, do you want to start us off? Uh, yeah, sure. So I went with Bobby. Um, I'm a bowler myself as well. Um, I tried to make the team this year. Came close, but... Gotta work a little bit extra harder next year, but um, it was definitely one of the best experiences I've ever had. Um, just being there, throwing, like you said, every shot with them. Um, I think I was just as nervous as they were, but it was definitely something to put in the books, that's for sure. For sure. Kim? So I am Doug's wife. Um, this is not my first national experience. It's my first nationals master's experience um i mean i've been around now for 20 years so i kind of know what goes on behind the scenes i i've got to see obviously every shot being thrown and you're you're 100 right i mean it's not just oh i was there for doug like these particular guys and i'm sure we'll talk about this too like every single one of them we've known for 10 15 years at this point in time so when you're there and you're you're going and watching you're really participating just along with them and you're wishing for the best and you're hoping that you know they're not going to get too down on themselves and they can bring it home so that's uh that's the extent of my description of myself I suppose. <laughs> and no i'm not a bowler i don't understand this throwing balls at pins thing for fun but it is what it is and we're along for the ride why not right? along for the ride ashley what about you um, I'm Robert McDougall's spouse. Um, we have a baby together, a toddler, and we live together. And uh, I don't know anything about bowling. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Nationals was really my first like bowling tournament, bowling experience. And I had such a great time. The energy in the bowling alley is so much fun. I, I was just so attached as soon as I went. Yeah. For sure. I don't know. I don't know if I'm ever gonna become a bowler, but I'll definitely be there in the background cheering them on. Don't do it, girl. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> and Melissa, you were there, um, kind of like in two roles. Do you want to kind of tell us about that? Yeah. So I was there with Mitch, but I was also bowling myself. This was my first Masters Nationals experience, um, and I was playing on the ladies teaching team. So I was there both as a supportive role and uh, bullying myself. And so it was a bit of a double time. Fortunately, these ladies were able to be there at the bowling alley while the guys were actually playing. Mine was, I was able to see them after and get the recap. Um, I wasn't actually able to see them play. Unfortunately, we were in different bowling alleys the whole time. But uh, yeah, so I bowl, <laughs> obviously, as well. And uh, it was just a wonderful experience. And I'm glad that all these ladies here were uh, able to join me as well. Don't worry, we got you. Yeah, we got you. <laughs> Thick as thieves, it sounds like you guys are. Um, whose idea was it to get the matching shirts? Robert. Robert. I think, yeah, I think that was Robert's <laughs> idea to get the shirts. 
brutal. And that for some reason, he's named them boys and not men. Like, I don't understand how <laughs> well, they've gone back 20 years. But... No, it does make sense, yeah. though. Like, you spend like, any time with any of them, right? I would, I would say it's because Robert's, like, 25 and he's, like, recently become an adult. So I'm wondering if that's kind of why they he called them boys. But obviously right. it's a men's team, Robert. But it's all good. The effort was what's, there. What's Bobby's excuse, then? <laughs> couldn't tell you to be honest right. <laughs> i think he still wants to be a boy i think that's what it is yeah for sure yeah he has his moments they all do. young at heart <laughs> young at heart yeah the effort was there you know i'll give them one up on that i mean i think from what i understand they all collaborated they all decided that this was a good idea and they all wanted to do it so kudos to them and I guess thank you for to them for thinking of us and wanting us to support them every way we could. Oh, Mitch 100%. is telling us it's just four of the five of them from 2014 when they were all under 30 playing, including the go. coach of the Southern Ontario, Ontario boys, boys team. team. There you go. That's, That's the why. That's why. <laughs> um, so, Monica, what was it like uh, being, because you're also a player yourself, but being on the other side of the pit this year? Um, it's definitely different. Um, does make me wish I was out there too, but, um, I don't know, just like being there and like throwing every shot with them and just seeing how the lanes were reacting and the adjustments that they had to make and like seeing the, some of the conditions that they had to adjust to in some of the bowling alleys and just showed how strong that they could be and that was really awesome to see to have that positive I don't know that's kind of how I feel about it yeah for sure there was definitely a lot of adjustments that had to be made I know Mitch was talking in the elevator before we went to the one center he's like you got to be careful you're gonna stick and I'm like we're just going to slide right through it. It's fine. Everything's yeah, fine. <laughs> yeah. Bobby was like determined at one point to stick to bowling and sneakers. Yeah. Like, cause it was so bad. And then he goes to the next house and he's like, I have so much slide. And I'm like, you do what you want, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if it works, it works. It works. Yeah. Um, so how also, like, not only were you guys at nationals, but you were at a national event in Newfoundland, which in itself is just fun to be in. How was Newfoundland? I apparently became an alcoholic while I was there. <laughs> and I've pretty much been drunk every weekend since. I don't know. I'm, I'm not like a, a hard drinker. But I swear to God, there was one day I was drunk and sober three times in a day. And I have no idea to this day how I had, how I did it and how it happened. But I'm, I'm still I, detoxing. There you go. There yeah. you go. Um, I know for me, uh, Newfoundland has been one of those places. It's, it's a must. And Doug and I, I mean, the years, the number of years that he was so close of making a national event in Newfoundland. And it just wasn't there. And we said at the beginning of this year, like, if you do make this team, we're going. I don't care. It doesn't matter. And we've always thrown out the idea, or at least I have, that, you know, one day I want to live out there. So here's an opportunity. Let's go. Let's see it. And honestly, it was the best time I've ever had, first and foremost. And then on vacation on top of that. And then with these lovely ladies, it's unbeatable. And it's something that I'll never forget for sure. So you guys created the, an easy bond, it seems like, and we talk about that men's team. They're so incredibly fierce and talented, all, like all of them. It, you know, we've got a, a few bowlers here, but we've got a couple non-bowlers with you guys. But isn't it interesting that you can watch them and still kind of feel that energy, like that that energy in your belly, the excitement for them? Um, and obviously you guys were you know, big supporters of, of getting them maybe over a few hurdles when they needed it. So th that, that in itself, I think is really, really, you should cherish the moment that you had in Newfoundland. Have the four of you known each other for a while before this nationals, or did you guys kind of come together because of these men making this team together? I didn't know them at all. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but I, I think, really love them now. <laughs> I think Ashley and I have met once before this, and oh, Monica okay, and I, maybe? yeah, we did. I think somebody's baby shower. I think we're oh, at. Oh shoot! Oh, um, <laughs> Monica and I know each other a little bit better because Bobby yeah. and and us live pretty close together. And then Mel, I've I've met a few times, but it was never really like. Uh, in-depth conversation it was more of like a hey how are you nice to see you kind of situation and now you guys are like bonded with this travel experience and watching those men go get it I think because the guys are so close it was so easy for us all to like all the personalities just all mesh so well together it was just easy to be friends and we still stay in touch now love that the only the only one of us that didn't I guess have a spouse out there was DJ and uh, kudos to Nicole. I mean, she was at home with two kids doing that side of it. So, as much as she was, you know, missed in Newfoundland by not only probably DJ but it, you know it's an opportunity for us. We didn't get to to have her there either, but she was mm-hmm. at home rooting along with us. So, kudos to her for for staying behind. But. Uh, it was a blast. I mean, these girls now were, uh, I think we're thick as thieves and mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> I'm sure we're not ever going to forget those. That's awesome. Um, Brenda's husband, Dave, he also has a shirt. Am I correct? Yeah, like I saw a picture and yeah, he's, we didn't, you know, he's not here, but let's talk about like Dave's role. Dave's role. Dave, Dave, Dave held it together. Like Dave, Dave was the glue of the whole like drinking team and the bitches. Like he, he didn't even question he it. Le- I, he was the leader. Yeah, he yeah. didn't even question it. Robert handed him the shirt and was like, "Here you go." And he was like, "Okay, I guess we're going along with this." That's awesome. Good sport. Good sport. Okay. Good for you. I feel like there's a story behind that. I'm not sure what that story is. There's definitely a story. Oh. Is it shareable or not no. shareable? Not okay. no, <laughs> shareable. Maybe in a different I format. Okay. I think we all, we all signed a contract to keep yeah. that under wraps. Okay, that's fair. 100% An NDA. Well, while we have you guys here, we have a couple pictures we just want to share, and maybe you guys can talk a little bit to them. Um, so this obviously is with your boys team that went and won gold. Uh, we just kind of brought this up so people could see context of that. But more importantly, a boat trip. <laughs> it was probably one of the best days ever. That was one of the best days for sure. So yeah. I have a question. Is this the day that you guys showed up to the bowling alley already ready to party? Like, yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> was this just a whale watching, whale watching trip or? Yeah. And I think we were supposed to see icebergs. Um, we saw none of that. <laughs> we didn't see anything but birds and bird poop. So the only thing left to do is to get screeched in and to drink. <laughs> And oh, we have a picture of that as well. You can't. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! So this was all of your first time to Newfoundland. Yeah, yeah. And my first time. Yeah. Yeah, and then Mel, left. you were, you were bowling though while this was all happening. That is correct. I was hearing about all the fun, and uh, <laughs> I was having my own adventure on the lanes with <laughs> all the things that were going on. But all yeah, the we, things. We we missed Mel that day. Yeah. We, we should talk about Mel's bowling because she she had a unique adventure. And the poor girl, I swear, she the one day, the one night, she was just like, this is ridiculous. And like, she went off from there. So we should talk about Mel's adventures in Newfoundland. What happened in Newfoundland, Mel? <laughs> well, um, <laughs> the first day, it's, um, we were... Bowling without the air conditioning, they didn't have the fans on. It was, I think, 30 degrees outside. Um, things got really sticky by the third game. And by yeah. really sticky, I mean, there was nothing to save this. I've never bowled in such... It was There was a joke on, you know, we might have been better off bowling on the sidewalk. It was just... You could not slide. There was soaking of powders. We didn't matter what slider you put on. 
and um, it got so I have um, I have double jointed knees. So I, if you see me bowl, I have um, either I have tapes or I have knee braces on, and so I'm trying to convince. I have a decent slide, and I'm trying to convince myself, okay, we just have to plant, but I can't get myself to plant. It, um, I was stumbling every ball. I was just terrified I was going to fall. There was multiple girls that had um, fouled at this point because none of us can slide. Didn't matter what you did, and. Um, it got to the point where I was just getting so scared to bowl. Like I was, I was, it was the first day and I only game three and I'm like, I'm going to injure myself and this is it. Um, and then my dad pulled me aside. He, he um, he's bowled a little bit too, nothing competitively. And he goes, I know this isn't what you want to do, but why don't you bowl with just one step? And that way you don't have to worry about the slide to just focus on your throwing. And so that's what I ended up doing. I, I had to get rid of my whole approach. I went up to the foul line. I had no slide. I w went into a lunge as if I was just finishing my approach and threw the ball. Um, <laughs> and it was just such a mental hurdle, I think, to get over on. You train uh, throughout the whole year for this and it was just such a defeating moment I think where it's just like I can't throw like I need to and I just was so desperate to be able to bowl still um, and so I it was a joke that I have this new um, new approach where new, I just stand at the line there's style. no step new bowling <laughs> and I just stand at the line and throw it and <laughs> go from there I went from there I I figured it out by the end. I was, I mean, I didn't hit my average, but we bowled over a 200 by the last game. And so I was able to make it work, but uh, it was quite a running joke. I had videos yeah. going around and uh, people were talking about uh, um, style. <laughs> I didn't bowl. Yeah, every time uh, Robert saw me, he would just go into a lunge and throw a ball at me. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, good for you for being able to like adapt. I know Newfoundland weather is not usually plus 30, especially when they have a national bowling tournament there. And they did a great job getting fans in as the week went on and drying out those centers so that as we went on, the conditions improved, but good for you absolutely. for being able to adapt and yeah, make I don't the blame best them at all. <laughs> they have no idea. Yeah, I make the best of it. It was an adventure. Yes, it was definitely an adventure. You avoided the trip to the hospital, which is the main thing, right? So, yeah, avoided I did. I injuries saved my knees big. And... Yeah, persevered. Exactly. We're so proud of you, Mel. Mm -hmm. Thank you. <laughs> so we have a couple questions for you guys as well um, before we ask like a few other little wrap up things. But we kind of I talked to the boys team the boys team um, to find out just some little things that happened throughout the week to see how well you know the team and the things that they were doing on the lanes and if you were paying attention um, so which one of the boys had a foul at nationals Does anybody know Robert <laughs> Robert yeah yep. he was the one yep. who had the highest game of the week Bobby Bobby, Bobby. Wow, you guys are good. Hey, yeah, and real quick. Yeah, he had 413. He was at, the highest uh, of, the, the, of everybody. The whole tournament. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah, he was. Who had the lowest game of the week? Uh, I want to say DJ. Also Bobby? I think it was oh, Bobby. Bobby. Robert. Was it Bobby? Robert? There's lots of lots of mixture. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so Bobby had the 413. He also had 167. Nice. Oh, okay. his little high and low of the week. Who threw over 200 every game? Never had a game under 200. Doug? I'm going to say Mitch. Mm. Any other guesses? Doug. We're wrong. No, Doug is actually right. Doug oh, had wow. Shit, really? every oh, game. Shit. That's a, that's a new accomplishment for Doug recently. He's been struggling. So. All the more power to him. I like how she's like surprised. Like, oh, yeah. Like, yeah what? It was one day, honestly. I thought there was one day. I think it was. What was the day we weren't there the whole day? The second the day. The one I day think. that I went? I think so. And I thought he had like a 180 game because he was at St. Pat's, but 
Obviously, I'm wrong. I'm very wrong. Unless I looked at the stats wrong, but I'm pretty sure he was over 200 every game. So oh, There you go. Way to go, babe. <laughs> Which one was the most positive? Mitch. Maybe Celtic there. <laughs> so Mitch's team was you know, like the team was bowling against or like beside my team one game. And I like was just kind of listening into their pit. And all of a sudden I hear just you're, do the right thing. Do the right thing. I'm like, that is the most vague encouragement I've ever heard in my entire life. Oh, just keep doing the right things, guys. Just keep doing the right things. I'm like, this is the worst advice ever. He's like, I'm being positive. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. I'm going to give all the kudos to Mel on this because I'm sure, as you know, Katie, like this whole Mitch positivity thing has come out of the woodwork all of a sudden. And it's, it's kind of like weird, right? But I love it. It's great. Mel, whatever you're doing, keep doing. Cause it's obviously. <laughs> Which one got stuck in an elevator because he forgot his key. So the Newfoundland Bobby. elevators, you had to have your key Bobby. to get off of whatever floor you were on. Bobby. It was Bobby. It I didn't know this. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say yeah. What, oh, what yeah. <laughs> he told me that he went he told me he went to go get a beer and when he got back in the elevator he didn't have a key. And so he just stood in the elevator for like three minutes and waited for someone with a key to come in because he couldn't go up or down. He just sat there. <laughs> nice. At least he didn't get stuck stuck for too long. True. He did not get actually stuck in the elevator, so that's good. Uh, which one had a little dance on the approach? Robert. Robert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it has to be. It's it more like a be. bounce than yeah. a, a wiggle a and bounce. then a bounce. A wiggle bounce. That is true. Who was singing in his ear to cause the little wiggle bounce? Robert. Doug. 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 Yeah. It was yeah. Doug. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They told me that he would like whisper, sing into his ear, not very appropriate things. And then I Robert would get on the lane and start dancing. <laughs> surprise, so inappropriate. Surprise. Who had the most beers on George Street? Robert, 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 Robert. Bring the bucket. 100%, I think we could have guessed that. Yes. <laughs> so is there any other highlight moments of Newfoundland for you guys? Oh, my actually, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say my highlight moment was when we got off the boat and we went into that bowling alley and just stirred shit up. And then it was just <laughs> strike after strike after strike for the boys. And now that's a highlight for me. I think just changing the energy. Not for so much for me, obviously, because I've been around the game also for a long time. I think the, the best moment obviously was the fact that we were there with the guys and we were able to actually be there but i was shocked at the very last day we were watching singles compete and i look over and ashley is having a reaction <laughs> that i've never seen before and i'm thinking and i have to remember in that instant my god she's never seen uh, a competition like this to this caliber uh, be executed to the full extent and actually see what it's like shot for shot, ball for ball. And, and it doesn't matter who the competitor is at that moment, you're, you're watching and you're into it and you're, you're throwing down going, come on, you need this. You need to throw this strike. And at the end of it, here she is like, Oh my God, I, I can't believe her reaction. I'll let her explain it for you. But that was, <laughs> It was the best coming, for you. coming from somebody who has watched the game for so many years from behind the scenes, watching Ashley's reaction for like a newbie, it was amazing. So go ahead, Ash. Go go ahead. I think the bowler's name is Josie. Um, Josie, Josie, yeah. Josie Brooks. Josie Brooks. Yeah. Okay. So she was so into it and she was like she was so emotional about the whole thing every time she threw a strike she would turn around she'd be like yeah so she, i was getting right into it and then she she eventually won and when she turned around it was just the tears started flowing down her face she was so triumphant in her win that i could not hold back i just started crying with her and i turned around and everyone is staring at me i'm so embarrassed but i really felt it i had not been in that situation before and i was just so happy for her 
it's it's nice to see though because you can actually take the the new people that have never really watched i mean ashley's been around for a while but she doesn't uh come out to the bigger events it's one thing to go watch league as you all may know but to watch her watch somebody win a national title which i believe it's josie's first gold Mm -hmm. First singles, um, yeah. First singles gold, right. Yeah. And here's Ashley crying over somebody she doesn't even know. And she's so excited <laughs> and genuinely happy for this person. So shout out to Josie and congratulations. Shout out to Josie. Yeah. Shout out Josie. But the most, that, so that was embarrassing. But then the most embarrassing part was when we went to the banquet dinner and she came up to me and she goes, oh, I heard you were crying when I won. And I'm like, oh my gosh, people told her, Bobby told her, I don't know who else told her, if Mitch told her, I was so embarrassed, but I was like, you know what, good Aww. on you. That was a triumphant moment and I was right there with you. She probably loved it. She probably loved it. And you weren't alone, Ashley. There were a lot of us crying for her and celebrating. So yeah, yeah. we were all happy for her. <laughs> And last question, what was it like watching like these people that you care about win gold? Like, what did that mean to you to be able to be there and be supporting them and giving them what they needed in those moments? Are you asking me? Anybody. Oh, I was, I was so happy to be there. I was, I loved sharing that with Robert because I, I don't get to go to these tournament tournaments. So <laughs> he's walking by. <laughs> I don't get to go to these tournaments. So I've never really put myself in these shoes. I've never really experienced, you know, like what they're going through on a daily basis. Like we were with the guys every minute, every second of the day, basically. So we were there right there with them. And I, it was just, it was so fun, but um, yeah, it was so hard or it was so, I was so happy to like see them win gold and be there right by their side. Yeah. So. I'm not sure if you ladies know this or not, but uh, Bobby, Mitch, Doug, and DJ actually won gold nine years ago around the same time at Masters Nationals. Robert was the the flip for Mr. Matt Houston uh, this time around, but it's amazing to watch them all still practically 10 years later have the same caliber, the same dedication, the same camaraderie is really what it comes down to. They are friends off the lanes, they're friends on the lanes. And at the end of the day, gold obviously is always the ambition, is always the goal at the end of the week. And for this particular team, I think it meant even more to get to that goal, specifically being on this team. And you could tell throughout the week as the week progressed that they were nervous. There was times when a lot of them doubted themselves and a lot of them were nervous to actually go out there and make sure that they were throwing their very best shot. They were doing their very best so that they didn't let anybody else on the team down. And I know for myself, I've had these chats with Doug. I had a few chats uh, with the other guys too. It's just go out there, throw your best. None of these guys are going to judge you. It doesn't matter at the end of the day. Obviously you want gold, but it's all good. These guys aren't, aren't going to be the guys that are like, Hey, you, you messed this up for us. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's good on them. I'm glad to see that they were actually able to get the job done again, once again. Um, but it's, uh, I, I'm actually glad for them in regards to being able to keep it together for all of them and, and bring it home goal. For sure. Actually, one other thing, Monica, Melissa, as bowlers, was it a way, like, were you able to kind of watch them accomplish this goal and use it as motivation for yourselves or learn something for your own game moving forward? Yeah, I mean, it was really inspiring, as Kim was saying, on the fact that this is almost the same team from nine years ago, and they have such a strong relationship with each other, and even though, even before we went, you can just tell how close they are and how much they wanted it. And it's just so important, I think, with these teams is to have that connection both on and off the lanes. You're not just bullying together, but you need to have that camaraderie and support. And just while I couldn't watch them bowl in person, because again, we're at different centers, it's, I knew how wonderful it would have been to be there and experience it and 
it just, it, I don't know, it motivates me to want to have that kind of um, camaraderie and team in bowling going forward and to have the kind of friendships that go on for 10 years and you're still bowling like you used to. And it's, it was really nice to see. Yeah, I think all kidding, all kidding aside, when you have a group of any situation on any team who has decades of friendship, particularly this group that we're talking about, um, these guys, and I can talk about it from a personal level too in terms of the women or men that are in my life, but I'm sure that this group of men have had to pick each other's pieces up in life, right? Or celebrate like big moments in life outside of bowling, right? And that's just what makes it, I think, even stronger when they get on the lanes and they're at such an elite level and they're all very driven, there's no doubt about it, and very talented. Just the, the raw, sheer talent and fierceness that's there. But it goes beyond that, right? It goes beyond what they've all been together for a really, really long time. To, to long time to make up that chemistry that they have for this for this season. So I think you know that's, it's it's incredible because it does it make it's a huge combination of, of things. But um, more importantly, I wanted to talk about that because I'm sure you know it's just this other piece that's just not bowling. It's the, the friendship off. And I think it's incredible, incredibly, um, what they, what they achieved. And, uh, there's no question you put that team together again and, um, you know, they're going to, you know, want the same thing, be fierce as ever, you know, maybe go back to back. Um, an incredibly, uh, talented group of men. So for, boys. Yeah, boys, boys. boys. <laughs> yeah. Doug and Bobby, I know this is back to back, and then Mitch coming mm-hmm. off his Masters win last mm-hmm. year too. So it's all uh, part and parcel. And you're 100 percent right. I mean, we are not only just friends at bowling, but outside of that too. And unfortunately, life gets in the way too much of the time. But mm-hmm. I mean, going forward, thankfully, the the four of us have been able to form a bond too, and. I don't think that's going anywhere anytime soon. So I mean, thanks. maybe new T-shirts next year. Like I yeah. don't know, maybe Spitfire <laughs> bitches or you know something, <laughs> something. But Who knows? yeah, it sounds like you guys are very free spirited and you had a ton of fun. We did, we did, and I don't think uh, the good thing is is nobody's taking this experience away from us and. I know for myself that I am so thankful that I had not only these girls there with me, but the guys, honestly, they, they made the week and thankfully for them, we were all there to be able to experience it with them. It's been a pleasure to have you guys on. Um, Thanks for sharing and being honest about all your stories. Say hello to your men from Katie and I, um, and thank you for joining us. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank you so much for asking. Thanks, guys. All right. Fun. Are, yeah. I like when my they cheeks were, hurt after yeah. a podcast. Yeah, they were so much fun to watch at Nationals, too. Just you could yeah. feel the energy that they brought to the lanes and to the team. And I'm sorry so I missed it in person. Yeah. <laughs> next year. Next, next year. <laughs> That's so, next podcast about next, how to yeah, gear up. The, for the season how to gear up as we close off just a couple quick reminders tour championships are coming up at Sherwood bowl this august mm-hmm. um i think august 11th and 12th the gallagher cup will be friday night that's free for anybody and if you're wanting tickets to come to the live event um they'll be taping it releasing it on youtube in episodes but if you want a sneak peek at who wins the tour championship title you got to be there because it'll be on lockdown information. So uh, tickets for that are 10 bucks. Um, there's a dinner on Saturday night, which is just like your basic hamburgers, hot dogs, all the barbecue fixins for 15. So I know you can get your tickets for that on the WCBT Shopify or Five Pin Universe Shopify on the WCBT page for it. There's posters floating around Facebook. Just click on one of our pages. I'm sure it's there. So yeah. <laughs> Next podcast. August next 16th. podcast. We've got it all planned out. We're yeah. ready. Yeah, we are ready. We're ready. Which is good. Um, 
Yeah. Thanks well, for joining us tonight, everyone. Yeah, hopefully everyone is having a fantastic summer. You continue to be able to get away, relax, enjoy your time away from the lanes a little bit. And okay. we will see you next month. Sounds good. Thanks, Katie. Uh, uh oh. Oh, here's one. Okay. Bye, guys. Bye, everyone. <laughs>